You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Album Tunes, Here Before You Die. talking about Joni Mitchell, The Hissing of Summer Lawns. On the line, I have Rob. Yeah, yeah. Ben. Hello. And John. Yeah. The Hissing of Summer Lawns is a seventh studio album by the Canadian singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell, released in November 1975 on Asylum Records. The producer is Joni Mitchell, and the genre is folk, jazz, and avant-pop. And I'm going to read from All Music Review, Jason Intke. Joni Mitchell evolved from the smooth jazz pop of Court and Spark to the radical hissing of Summer Lawns, an adventurous work that remains among her most difficult records. After opening with the graceful In France They Kiss on Main Street, the album veers sharply into the jungle line, an odd, moog-driven piece backed by the rhythms of the warrior drums of Burundi. A move into multiculturalism, the beat, the likes of Paul Simon, Peter Gabriel, and Sting to the punch by a decade while not as persistent songs like Edith and the Kingpin and Harry's house centerpiece are no less complex or idiosyncratic employ minor key melodies and rich detailed lyrics to arrive at the strange and beautiful fusion of jazz and shimmering avant pop. All right. What do we think of Joni Mitchell in the hissing of summer lawns? Wowie zowie. <laughs> I think that I can't say that I'm not that much of a Joni Mitchell fan anymore because mathematically I've liked everything we've covered, <laughs> including this one. Checks and out. This is, this is really cool record. I Real was, fucking cool. I was wondering when you guys are going to, we're all going to buy Joni Mitchell t-shirts now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, this is it. This is the this one. This is it. I, yeah. think, I think this is, uh, this artist is probably the most surprising I mean, I knew I liked kind of some of her stuff, but man, the deeper you dig, the more rewarding it is. It's it's amazing. She's a fucking artist. Man, can we Artiste. start uh, Jungle Line over in our cans? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I forget if you mentioned it, but this is the, the first commercial use of sampling. That's pretty amazing. I know there were some experiments before, but this was one of the first, you know, produced record releases of uh, sampling yes sampling as sampling right like taking a recording of music and then looping it and bringing it back through right that's that's what we define as sampling kind of thing for a minute so technically that like i guess it would be since she's not since she since someone's doing a field recording with this and then they're just looping that over and over again that's she a different is not thing. one of the royal drummers of burundi right it wouldn't so surprise me at all she is now <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it isn't it isn't like some of the stuff that you'd heard in like art concrete or some of the other stuff right where you know there are things that sound like it but a full-on i guess recording taken chopped looped 
you know, sampled in a song as a backer, you know, and you match the drums to a guitar line, like and that Moog bass. And that- Dude, the jungle line, definitely Dude, my favorite song on the album. It's so it, cool. I figured it out yesterday. What this, like what, what it was reminding me of her vocals are just a little more subdued. This sounds exactly like Bjork. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Like what, what Bjork was going, what was going to do. 15 years later i mean i guess the sugar cubes are written around but like yeah just like the minimalist like uh synthesizer stuff with some fucking like little bit of drums behind it and then just the vocals carrying everything else but like the melody line doesn't make any fucking sense either but like it it resolves i don't know it it's so good it's the lyrics good the lyrics are less like verse chorus verse than they are like sort of sung poetry and using her vocal cadence too, as an element, like it's just, it's got everything. I don't know. I think this song has more of a verse chorus, like selection than the majority of the stuff. Like she actually, I guess with her resolving things onto the jungle line, like is where the, uh, would be the end of the the chorus at that particular point in time. But for a lot of the times, like the songs are just poetry that like, she's more or less just like sing scatting over like, jazz fusion yeah there's some full-on scatting on (laughs) there's some full-on scatting on hissing of summer lawns yeah and uh i'm into it yeah you're 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 sold at that point (laughs) are you guys familiar with the paul simon song uh the obvious child no it came it came after this and i don't know if it was a sample or if he had live musicians in the studio but uh just that the field drums really reminiscent of it another thing this song reminds me of that's that came way later it just came out like this month have you guys heard any of the new fiona apple yet uh fetch the bolt cutters have not know i think it was like mostly home recordings and uh it's like really percussive and like working with like different like sonic elements and stuff uh and that that album just kind of i i feel a lot of roots of like this song going going through that huh yeah, this song had to have inspired so many uh, other artists to to create. I mean, just like I said on the intro, it, it Peter Gabriel and uh, Paul Simon by a decade. You know, oh, yeah. the sort of the sort of uh, African uh, beats behind. But at the same time, I think I think a lot of not only this song but a lot of her uh, lyrics are what grab me. There's very honest lyrics, but it doesn't feel like the same confessional songwriting. Uh, I'm using confessional in quotes, I guess, because she doesn't call it that. In every song, though, I'm finding this honest sort of poetry that that spans throughout and flows in and out of these melodies. It's it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And this is not the kind of music that I normally would put on a, a bit of I don't know, easygoing, folky jazz. It, it It's surprising to me, I think. And I don't know if I'd be gravitating towards it the way I am now had you played this for me 10 years ago. True. Like, I think I've grown into Joni Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Safaris to the heart of 
fucking love it. She, she was the producer of this record? Yeah, and she said she never needed a producer. She always knew exactly what she wanted on her records. Um, she also hates people who don't claim ego or you know, have too much modesty because she said, just grab, you know, just do it. Just do, if you think you can do it, do it. And so I think that that's a big part of, I think why I'm starting to appreciate her albums even more is because I'm seeing her as, like you said, an artist that she, uh, had an idea and then she just does it. And there's no one to tell her kind of, no, she doesn't have that producer to say, well, Maybe the jungle line, let's not, that probably shouldn't be on the album or at least not song number two or something like that. I could easily see a label uh, looking at some of these songs or lyrics or whatever and just telling her, nah, we don't want to do that. You see that she did the album art too? She did the cover? Yeah. Yeah, she's... She did the. I think she's done all the covers thus far. Yeah, I think she calls herself like a a painter who was delayed or a painter who was thrown into a second track or something. But it's a cool album cover. What is it? It's like a bunch of guys holding a snake that's embossed, and then houses in front of the skyline of LA Hills. Yeah, yeah, and like it, it has her house in the on the back of it or whatever. Yeah, it's a it's a cool it's a really cool cover, really striking. Yeah, hey, what, get it, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a wild album because you've got so many different sounds going on. You've got, you know, some sort of classic lush pop. You've got some, you know, interesting sort of jazz orchestration. You've got a song with scat in it, you know, <laughs> like, and then you've got the jungle line, and then you've got like, what's the final song? The um, Shadows Shadow- and Light. Yeah, and it's a bunch of like a ton of overdubs of her voice. You guys recognize any of the uh, background vocalists on uh, in France? They kiss on Main Street. No, I didn't. Who, who we got going on there? Well, that Nissan Maxima pulled up, and out out of it comes James <laughs> Taylor, James Taylor. Graham Nash, and, and David Crosby, <laughs> <laughs> tooling around in the hills. Yeah. <laughs> Was Crosby still doing an the album. hots for at this point? I think all of them had. Every, everyone should have the hots it, of Joni Mitchell. David Crosby, time, I think, but. has always has always and forever had a perma crush on Joni Mitchell. Uh, Graham Nash, they, they were a couple for a little bit, weren't they? So it was James Taylor, I think, right? James Taylor was Carol King. Oh, okay. Wait, no, Carly Simon. Wait, which <laughs> Joni Mitchell? Uh-oh. Which one's w- which one's Anticipation? You're thinking of Carly Simon, right? Carly Simon. Wait, is is anticipation? Oh man, I'm having a brain Uh-oh. fart. Oh, is, is anticipation Carol King or Carly Simon? That song is about waiting for James Taylor to pick him up on a date. It's Carly Simon. Okay, yeah. okay. So yes, Carly Simon. Uh, Graham Nash, I think, was he he had a relationship with Joni Mitchell because I think his his uh, Our House song was about like their relationship. Mm. And then David Crosby was was just like permanently friend zoned by by Johnny Mitchell. <laughs> that sounds right. And she's an incredible person, so yeah. I, I can't imagine why people wouldn't be just all about her. Period. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> like, because if you can get four middle aged rock dudes to like be into a female jazz artist who's 
doing stream of they weren't middle-aged at the time no i'm talking about us oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so i mean she's got to have something and she's got it she does no she does she's got she it. does have it believe the hype joining mitchell she has got the goods yeah we'll and give we her a, that we have a couple other joni mitchell albums coming up well, Good. I look forward to that. I'm <laughs> yeah. fucking stoked, man. Like <laughs> nothing I've heard thus far. Like it, I've I've consistently had my hair blown back by Johnny Mitchell, <laughs> and I look forward to it happening more. Prophet witches, keep a light. A room full of glasses. He says, You're not just liberation doll. And he changed me with that National treasure, Jody Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> Canadian national treasure, Jody Canadian, Mitchell. Yeah. It's a nation. <laughs> not, not our not, not our national treasure, but yes. Is she is she still a Canadian citizen or did she move? move I don't down? know if she expatriated down here or not. I hope not. I hope she can still live the free life up in Canada with her. I mean, in hindsight, she probably should have kept that citizenship had she. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Rob, yeah, I, I want to know about the the Moog uh, that she's using on this album. It, I think it's just a mini Moog. Yeah, but then she like, used over on shadows and light. There's an ARP. That's what I was going to say. The ARP. Sorry. Excuse me. The ARP string machine or ARP Farfisa. Uh, yeah. Is I don't, ARP uh, Farfisa a thing? I thought those two different companies. It there says were, ARP dash Farfisa. There were a couple Farfisa. of times uh, that Moog did a, a cross with an organ that I, I saw one at music around like maybe about a year ago. It's this giant white. It's called the white elephant because it's this giant white plastic case that has like a, a shitty, like little two oscillator Moog thing. And then it's like a, a combo organ as well. That sounds um, cool. So it wouldn't surprise me if ARP did the same thing with Farfisa. Okay. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun. It Let's sounds like, it sounds like 200 pounds of a thing that you have to carry around. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awful. <laughs> Uh, I, we can talk about the reception for this album. <laughs> the yeah, album was initially received harsh criticism in Rolling Stone. Oh, Stephen Holden wrote that the album's lyrics were impressive, but the music was a failure. Ooh. If the hissing of summer lawns offers substantial uh, literature, it is set to insubstantial music. Boo. Oh, Boo. Yeah. So wrong. Christgau gave it a B, which is better than the C plus. That's, a, that's like like a Christgau B is like a regular person A. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You're getting on a harsh curve. So yeah, no, I think the music is great. I mean, especially on the standouts where she's getting experimental. Uh, those are obviously, I think, uh, almost all of our favorites, right? Like yeah, Jungle Line, Jungle Line Shadows, Shadows and Light. And Light. But yeah. even the ones that are kind of traditional, jazzy, like or or pop, like. They're, they're they're really nice. I don't have any qualms with them. Maybe it was expectations. They were expecting the confessional songwriter. 
Folk. I was raised on robbery being like the like the the hit off of that record and then come into this one there there's nothing there's nothing that is you're going to be able to grab on to right. there's no ra- radio there's no play hit. on this yeah there, there's there's no hit on this dude i would bump jungle line on the radio <laughs> any day <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> i think 1975 the best you could have gotten was dr demento at this point <laughs> bumping jungle line they weren't ready for it well you know aerosmith's listening <laughs> <laughs> Man, what could have been? <laughs> Had they covered Jungle Line instead of a uh, Big Ten Inch? <laughs> I'm I'm sure that uh, Steven Tyler's 16 year old uh, prisoner girlfriend uh, probably would have really enjoyed that song. I kept on telling you to cover some Joni. <laughs> Shut up! Yeah. Do some more cocaine. <laughs> Yeah, that's even Tyler. That's my Stephen Tyler. She would have been able to relate <laughs> to some of these songs, like uh, hissing of some summer lawns, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's about a kept woman. <laughs> yep. Sorts. Yeah. Yeah. This this record's awesome. Merch. Enjoy I love it. this record. I love Joni Mitchell. I think we should all go get some Joni Mitchell t-shirts and maybe so do some hats. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we should buy some tickets for a Joni Mitchell show we can go to once uh, we're no longer in quarantine for the yeah. rest of our lives. I would like that very much. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, I I don't know what else to say about this album. So it's, good. It's, oh, listen to it. I don't know. I'm trying to pay, trying to figure out why it's so. She is so captivating, and maybe it is just the intricacies of her tunings and her, uh, her harmonies. It's so. I think it's so unusual that I I really want to dive in and and get lost in just the sort of element of something. There's something there that I can't quite grasp and, uh, or put my finger on. And I think that's maybe what is so alluring about Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. She's haunting you. She's literally haunting you. Yeah. <laughs> and she's and still alive. Yeah. She's still alive. She's that good. She can haunt you while alive. <laughs> so, so she writes and performs this music. She produces this music. She, uh, designs the visual art album cover and also she's astral projecting <laughs> to your house <laughs> to my house yes to haunt me yes you pers- she's that multi-talented <laughs> she is literally joni she's rattling chains behind you right now ben look out joni's behind you oh shit she's it's marley you. and marley oh no it's joni <laughs> <laughs> it's no wonder then that prince is a lifelong fan of uh mitchell and he's uh, praised this album in interviews before. So she was nominated for it, it's interesting. She got such harsh uh, criticism, but she was nominated for a Grammy for best female pop vocalist uh, in 1977. I wonder who else was on that bill. Uh, we're in the era of the Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder, Paul Simon, Stevie Wonder. Dion. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Just go listen to this record. It's super good. Yeah, all positives here. That, yeah. Man, I I I went the first like 37 years of my life thinking that I wasn't into Joni Mitchell, and this past year has just repeatedly proved me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Is everybody on the positive? Everybody thumbs Absolutely, up. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. That's really that's interesting. I like that. It, does everybody agree this might be the the most surprising artist that or maybe the artist that we thought we knew 
but we didn't. You know, I don't think that I even gave Joni Mitchell enough time a day to think. I think I thought I knew what she sounded like, and I have been consistently wrong. (laughs) When I would think of Joni Mitchell, I would just think of like pseudo jazz, like vocal glissandos, like 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 acrobatic vocal performance, which wasn't necessarily what I wanted. And it's not that she doesn't do that. It's just like it's the whole package. It's. She's she's an artist, you know. She's doing yeah. so many cool things. Like in my brain, Joni Mitchell was synonymous with like a 1970s sound that I that me wanting to play fast music and listen to fast music wasn't jiving with. Um, but now that I'm pushing 40, this is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next time we'll be talking about Tom Waits, Nighthawks at the Diner. All right, thanks, y'all.